Welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. We have Christy Spencer, who is on a mission to make life easier, smoother, and more pleasant for everyone. She founded The Polite Company with one goal in mind, to help people present the best version of themselves to the world. Christy provides personalized in-person or online etiquette lessons with an emphasis on social skills, self-esteem building, and teaching empathy for others. Christy helps clients find success in personal and professional relationships, as well as increasing confidence through a better understanding of manners and principles. Christy's dedication to etiquette is unparalleled. She is a certified etiquette trainer and graduate of the Emily Post Institute, the gold standard of etiquette training for a century. Christy's experience in journalism and leadership has spanned over two decades. She lives with her husband and two sons in the Midwest and has also lived abroad, which has instilled an appreciation for diverse cultures around the world. Christy, welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, let's jump into my icebreaker around quickly here. What is your favorite book or one you would like to recommend? Well, I have to recommend the 20th anniversary or the 20th version of Emily Post's Etiquette Book, which is out right now, just the, in the last few days it's come out. And this is the centennial version. So 100 years ago, Emily Post wrote the, her first book on etiquette. Uh, and so they've come out, they've rewritten the entire etiquette book. Um, literally yeah. and figuratively. And so I think that that it's just such a great resource for people to have. And if you have one sure. from your grandparent or maybe your mother um, at a different time, it would be fun to look at what's changed as well. I'm sure. What are the values that guide you and your family? I think we're hard workers for sure. And I think that, you know, there's not a week that goes by that somebody doesn't tell somebody else that they're working too hard. Um, sometimes that's daily. We're telling each other that we're working too hard. But I think that we've also, you know, we grew up in the mid or my kids grew up in the Midwest and there aren't, you know, a lot of cultural activities necessarily for diversity. Sure. So we've really tried to be as diverse and to bring as many different people into our lives as possible. So I think hardworking and, and being diverse and we love to eat and be together and have family and we have traditions of around holidays and every Sunday meal together. So I think those are the important ones for us. Awesome. And how old are you two boys? I have two. I have a 26-year-old and a 16-year-old. I know. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I did not expect that, but that's awesome. I, I say this all the time to all the parents that I meet. I have a tremendous amount of respect for single moms, moms of multiples, and moms with older children. Um, I'm a new mom, mom of one. My son will be five. Um, and I'm like, I just want to know all the things. Like, how did you how do you have a 26 year old? What have you learned? You know, all the things. So that's, that's cool that you have that. I'm sure the 26 and the 16, two different generations there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and two different kids for sure. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's you, your kids could be, I'm sure, a year apart and still completely different. Absolutely. Um, okay. How has motherhood transformed you? You know, I think that in the beginning, I thought it was my job to make life as easy and as perfect for them as possible. And now I've really had to tell myself that my that my success is mm. when I no longer have a job. You know, when I my job is to put them out into the world. It is not to pave the way for them, make it easier. And so I really have pushed them to be independent. That's awesome. So it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, it takes a village to uplift a mother. Who and what has been an integral part of your motherhood village? Well, my mom what has been the biggest um, influence on my motherhood journey, but I've also had fantastic neighbors. And I always say, mm -hmm. you know, we've lived abroad and I've always am astounded, but I'm like, people are so nice. You know, there's just nice people everywhere. And I was a single mom for a long time. And to have great neighbors you could trust uh, was amazing. And I've never not had a neighbor who, you know, wasn't a friend as well. That's awesome. Um, I think it's something that I remember growing up, we always had great neighbors and um, we're not as close with our neighbors now, but like if we go on vacation or certain things, we do have like some camaraderie, I guess. Um, but I just remember growing up all the kids and the neighbors and we hung out and I wish we can kind of get back to that because I think we've lost some of that. So that's awesome that you had that for yourself. Okay. So etiquette coaching, tell me what was your journey into becoming an etiquette training coach? Where did the inspiration come from? Why did you want to go into this industry and become an etiquette coach? Well, I have been an etiquette nerd for a really long time, and I've always just had an interest in throwing parties and entertaining, and I was always, send, I don't remember never sending out Christmas cards. I've always just enjoyed that type of interaction with people, and then I um, had always been a fan of the Emily Post Institute, and they have a podcast, and so really became dedicated listening to that, and I just had this bucket list item of, you know, someday I was going to do this. Sure. And um, I'm sure my husband was really tired of letting you know, hearing me talk about it. But during COVID, <laughs> uh, it was so negative. And I mm. said, I have to have to do something positive. And then yeah. once I started and I realized, oh, this is a thing. There, there are people who exist in the world to make things better and to help people be more kind and be successful at the same time. And so I just was um, hooked and I thought I can't, I can't not exist in that world. That's where I have to be. And tell me like, what is etiquette? And it's funny because I was even thinking like Christmas cards. I'm like, should we send Christmas cards? Because now we're in the day and age where your family and friends can see everything online, right? My son will be five. So I'm like, uh, I did the baby pictures. I did, you know, a few years, um, back then. So I'm like, do I, so what is etiquette? And, you know, why is sending a Christmas card? Why is it still so very important? Or, you know, whatever card, birthday card, whatever it is, why is that part of etiquette? And why is that still so important? Do you think to have? Well, etiquette is what fuels relationships. So anytime two mm. people come together, whether it's, you know, at a drive-through 
or it's on the highway or mm -hmm. it's at the grocery store or it's you know through a christmas card it's whenever two people are together then you have an opportunity for a great interaction and you have a chance to build relationships so etiquette really it's not she she frou frou kind of thing that we do to make ourselves appear sure. more um you know fancier than we are it's really about using consideration respect and honesty in our daily interactions and making sure um making sure that we're looking at ourselves it's not something that you want to use to judge other people by it's a mm -hmm. great way to judge your own actions Understood. And then you mentioned, or I mentioned in your bio that, you know, you help people or you're, you're on a mission to help people present the best version of themselves to the world. What does that look like? And what are some of the services you provide to get someone to that level? Or give an example, if I came to you, what would that look like? So what I try to help people do is, yes, there are a lot of rules. Um, but we have to remember that the relationships are over the rules. And if it's a rule that helps a relationship, then that's great. So you, there are some rules that people can learn that make it them more confident in their daily interactions. Mm -hmm. And when you're confident and when you know what to do, you can focus on how to do it well. So mm -hmm. instead of sitting down at a meal and wondering what in the heck are these forks for, if you know what the forks are for, then you can look at the person across the table and then build that relationship from there. So when we send a Christmas card, I mean, I don't know. I love getting Christmas cards and I'm always so just made a little bit every year because I get fewer and fewer. But yeah. that's the same feeling that your Christmas card gives somebody else. And so to make mm -hmm. other people feel cared for and honored and respected there's just some little things we can do in our daily lives or once a year to help them feel that way if i came to you and i said you know what help me to become the best version of myself what would that look like i think i do um, personal image and branding coaching and then mm -hmm. that really can help somebody discover what their own values are and then build on that so you know, if, if I tried to just, you know, just um, to, to talk about my qualities, I might think that, you know, I'm funny and is one of my great qualities. But if no one else thinks I'm funny, this is not something I should try to build on. So you want to find out what people already <laughs> think about you and you want to build on those positive things why you, so you can be true. So that's part of the honesty equation of etiquette. So personal branding, I teach dining etiquette to adults. I can, I go into businesses and I help people with their communication. So, you know, what does our thank you policy look like? When do we send a thank you? How do we send a thank you? How do we answer the phone? You know, has uh, casual Friday become just a little too casual? So all of those things that people call soft skills, which are really foundational skills sure. are things that can be taught through etiquette before we kind of jump into the space of like how it's helped you basically in your motherhood journey have you found like are we losing some of it like what have you found as some of the issues because yeah I think to your point like when I when I do hear of etiquette not that I hear of something that's antiquated but I think it is something that you hear of so long ago it's something very English and oh they're etiquette or like you said very foo-foo so what are some of the misconceptions maybe if you'd like to say here of like what someone would have an idea of what etiquette is 
Um, and where are we now with etiquette? Where are we losing it? Or are we, is it actually coming back? Like, what does that look like? I think that uh, we are becoming less and less formal. That's for sure. So yes. you know, where, the way we dress and the way we talk and those things are less formal um, year by year, it seems like that. Yes. But I also think that that is such an opportunity because when it is less formal and you send the thank you note or you dress well or you do something above and beyond or you hold the door and you, you know, listen to somebody when they talk to you, it is so easy to make a great impression because everything is less formal. So that's the good news. And I am a um, yeah. optimist for sure. But that's what I see as the best thing is that you can stand out so easily now if, you know, if you're getting into the job market or something like that. Sure. And I think we people always look back at the generation that's coming up and they think, oh my gosh, kids these days, you know, what are what they're listening to this rock and roll music? I think we always have a tendency to think that a generation is more rude or more wild. That was us as well. And the so the studies show, <laughs> yeah. And so, so studies show that we're really not becoming more rude. We're just becoming less formal. Mm, that's an interesting way to put it. And I can understand that. And I would imagine because the cell phones are making it becoming less formal where you could just send a text where people aren't picking up the phone, people aren't emailing. Um, I'll be 40 next year. So I always say like, I'm on that kind of cusp where I still believe in like those old traditions, I guess. And I'm starting to cringe at some of the younger generations. And I'm like, oh, like, am I becoming that like, if I don't see um, a salutation on an email and with just little certain things of how you speak with the tone of your email, you know, and things like that. So I would imagine the phone and because of that has taken a lot of the formalities away because people can just send a quick text and, you know, and not really follow up and, and do the, the respect, the manners, whatever that encompasses that thoroughly or formally, as you said. Well, and there's hardly any etiquette lesson that I teach that at some point we are not talking about cell phones because they have crept into every part of our lives. And one thing yeah. I really encourage families to do is to have device-free dinners, no yes. screens at the table. And I know that parents yeah. are doing this out of, especially in restaurants, they're doing it because they don't want to bother other people. But I got to tell you, I'm never going to be bothered when I see a parent talking to their child at the table or trying to teach them some patience or talking about their day. That is something just normal people do not have a problem with. And so I really encourage parents. And in fact, I have offer a pledge on my website where people can go sign the family's names to it, put it on the refrigerator. And even if that's one meal more than you're not having today that has devices and screens at the table, go for one more meal. Just try one more a week mm -hmm. with um, making those connections with the people in front of you. And I think that's where it I starts. Love it. Is that's, you, we learn at home to disregard people and go to our phones. A hundred percent. I mean, think about it. I, I remember it was so taboo. You couldn't have your phone in school. You couldn't have your phone in meetings. Now, Someone gets a thing. And look, I am guilty of it for sure. But I do. I try and be mindful of it. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I answering this? I should give this person my undivided attention 
when they're speaking, especially in a, in a, in a full on setting. So absolutely. So now let's pivot to how this kind of correlates to motherhood. How is your training in etiquette helped you? I know um, just recently you kind of became a coach with it, but this is something that you said you've always kind of been into reading the books and all of the things. How has that helped you in motherhood? What have you used um, and how has it you know, benefited you? Well, I think I was the best room mom ever uh, with my kids and party, you know, classroom parties and things like that, because I always enjoyed doing that. But I did it because there would inevitably be a child there who was like, this is the best thing ever. You know, I got, you know, napkins at Halloween time and they were so happy. It's like somebody <laughs> thought of me and this was my present to me. And so I love yeah. that feeling of making each kid feel special. So, um, and I still like to do that. I love to take care of people. I love to cook for people. I, you know, I just love to do those things. So, um, and I think that, you know, my kids kind of wish that you know, mom would lay off the etiquette just a little bit um, because it's impossible not to be giving them an etiquette yes. lesson uh, during meals and always so much advice that I have as they're getting into the, the real world and having real jobs and things like that. But I think it's influenced me because I've just been able to impart on them how important it is to send that thank you note, to shake somebody's hand, to give somebody your attention. And the best thing that we can, uh, the best compliment we can get as parents is when somebody says to us, your child is so polite. That is, mm -hmm. you know, that makes us beam as parents. And so I, you know, I, I always enjoyed when I could see them modeling some of those things. I'm sure. And, you know, they might not, maybe you're 26 year old, depends, but might not appreciate it now. But as they get older, like you said, those life lessons are maybe getting in the door that someone will remember and say, hmm, I remember you were the only one that sent me that thank you know, or you really looked me in the eye or you really gave me your undivided attention goes a long way. I know a big thing right now with birthday parties are people who aren't RSVPing or people who are and haven't turned up and those kind of things but how can a mom say no to events and do things like that politely I've talked to moms they're like I get anxiety we're invited to all of these things we have so many play dates and then the time comes for it and I don't know how to cancel what advice would you give for that I think when you're wanting to say no, you know, to one more bake sale or play date or birthday party, you first want to give it a little bit of time. So mm -hmm. the worst response is no response, yeah. but you want to let the person know that you've considered the request. And so you give it an amount of time and then you let the person know um, with some appreciation, thank you so much for feeling like you can ask me to do this or thanks so much for that you love my cupcakes mm -hmm. so much, but then you just deliver the when you decline. So, but I, one thing you can say is I wouldn't be the best person to do that, or I'm not comfortable taking that on right now, but you have to stand firm mm -hmm. in that because people know if they wait long enough that sometimes you'll give into that. So you want to be firm in your answer and you can take a little bit of the um, onus on yourself and say, I just wouldn't be the best person for that. And then just let there be silence. And if that person needs to talk, you can listen and have empathy and say, I can see, you know, you're really in a bind with that. Mm -hmm. I would help if I could. 
Sure. So I think just being firm in that is um, kind of the key to declining invitations and just saying no in general. And I think to your point, like you said, those responsible those responses, I think sometimes we get so that if we're going to make someone disappointed or like you said, if we're adding to that, but to your point, having no response or even showing up and not giving your, your best because you're already stressed, I think would actually hinder it more than help it. Um, so to all the mamas listening out there, you know, yes, honesty is really the best policy when it comes to that and holding firm with your boundaries and saying not at this time or I can't. Because um, I know I've I've been guilty with that. What I've learned as being a business owner uh, is really staying true to my boundaries, but doing it in a polite way and saying not at this time or let me get back to you where before I would immediately say yes, 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 or sure. And I'm like, why did I do that? You know? why have I jam-packed my week and now I'm going to be stressed or then I do have to cancel last minute because I've over overbooked my calendar. So now I kind of pause and say, well, let me, let me check first. Let me get back to you and then go from there. So I think that's to your point, it's being firm. And like you said, it's better than not doing anything or showing up and then you're not your best self for them. One trick is I don't carry my planner with me. So that always mm-hmm. gives me a reason to say, let me go home and check <laughs> And then I'm not in the moment where I feel compelled to make that person happy by saying yes. So sorry to interrupt. No, that's true. It's true. It's like, it's, it's true. It's like, let me check my planner. I have everything on my planner. I need to look at that hundred percent. So what about gossip? I know again, for me, turning 40 business owner, got a lot of things going on, um, raising this little boy. So my energy is super important to me. And I think we can all kind of get caught up in certain things, but my energy of making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that we're not just, that don't just want to talk about other people or talk about negative things. How can we shut that down? How can, if we are in a conversation or find ourselves with that one person, whether it be at work on a play date and they're just turning it negative or they're gossiping, how do we shut that down in a polite full way? I think when you hear that, the worst thing you can do is, Um, just try to change the subject. And you can do that as subtly or not subtly as works for you. If this is somebody who continually, you know, is gossiping Mm -hmm. to you, they're probably gossiping about you at the same time. So, you know, uh, how about that, you know, baseball game last night? Or did you see this? Or how about that weather? Mm -hmm. Like, again, it can be as subtle or as, as not subtle as you want it to be. Another thing you can do is you can ask them, simple question of just so why are you telling me this you know and then they're probably going to look at that and go well you know what is the where what is the why with that you know I'm I'm trying to gain some influence with you or I'm trying to connect with you or trying to spark something with you Um, and then the other thing you can do is just say oh my gosh you know what that doesn't sound like Nicole to me she must have been having a bad day Mm -hmm. and leave it at that and just don't engage because if you give somebody that recognition and you let that conversation go it's going to keep on going and i and gossip isn't always bad you know sometimes gossip can serve a purpose to help people bond but when it's about a specific person Mm -hmm. or something that you're not a party to then that's gossip and there's really i don't there's no positive side of that kind of gossip I agree. Um, and then how do you, how would you help someone um, politely deal with nosy questions? So that's another big thing. Um, 
have someone very close to me in my family that, oh, they will ask you. And I'm like, goodness gracious, how do you have the gall to ask somebody that? And nine times out of 10, the person talks to them. Um, and then there's other times where I can see like the awkwardness. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, so I, I, I don't, I very, very, um, I can read a room and very easily determine. And I don't ask, I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable, but how, if someone was presented with a nosy question and they are getting uncomfortable and it's a little awkward, how can you politely deal with those nosy questions? I think the number one response I give to people is you say, uh, sorry, I lost my track of thought. Is, um, <laughs> you say, well, why are you asking me that? Mm -hmm. So why do you ask? Mm -hmm. And you know, I've had people say, oh, is this something that you do as a hobby or is this your business or, you know, or how much did your car cost or, you know, how much, what's your house payment? Well, why do you ask? So sometimes I think people really are asking for genuine reason. Like, I like your car. Um, I'm just wondering if I could afford it. And so then you can always then give them a referral of where they can go. So, oh, I'd be happy to give you the salesman's name or sure. my realtor's name, but you just, you know, put a pretty big wall up there and just turn the question on, on, on them and say, well, why, why do you ask that? Yeah. Cause that's a good point. Cause my husband actually on the flip side, he asks questions, but he's naturally inquisitive. So where I could read someone, I could be like, oh, I don't know. And I can see, but I know my husband's not coming from a place of intent. His intent isn't to be nosy. His intent isn't whatever. He's truly like, he's sparking a conversation. He's like, oh, I really wanted to know that. So that's a good point. I'm saying, well, just come right ask, come right out and ask and put the, you know, the ownership back on it. And they'll either come out with, uh, to your point, something that, you know, like, oh, no, no, no. I just want to know for this. And you're like, cool. Or you could tell that they were just saying because they were trying to be nosy with it and then how can you tell moms especially new moms um when they're dealing with people who are giving unsolicited advice right so the unsolicited advice well, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> well my five favorite words are i have an etiquette question and I tell that to everyone that I give a class to because I honestly do. And, you know, people who are listening to this, if you have an etiquette question, I would love to hear it because that's a real clear signal for me that somebody is sure. asking for advice. And that's the important part is somebody really has to ask for that advice. Just because somebody is sharing something with you doesn't mean that they're asking for your advice on the subject. So unless you hear and somebody explicitly say, I'm looking for your advice here, or what would you do in this situation? Then you know your advice is wanted. Other than that, your role is to really empathize by listening. Ah, interesting. So basically you just empathize, you listen. And then I've also heard, and, and the, on the mother side of things, like with our own children, when it comes to communication saying, do you want me to just sit here and listen? Or would you like me to help you solve this problem? And that we're so um, prone to doing that as mothers, you know, I mean, we are the fountain, not the filter. <laughs> we think that we're caught, you know, we're, you know, drink from my wisdom cup because I have so much to give. Yeah. Um, and sometimes kids don't want that. And mm -hmm. as they get older, I think, you know, younger is hard too. It's always hard to know that line. Um, and it's not just with your friend or your family. It's definitely with your friends as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think moms, we, we all think we're the problem solvers of everything, right? Um, so we want to step in and say, no, I can help you with this. But to your point, it's like, no, ask. The person might just need 
to have a for you to have your ear available and not to give and what about turning down unsolicited advice so what if um, um, you know they always say the mother-in-law or, or you should be doing this and it's and it's offending you or it's hurting you or you're feeling overwhelmed because you're feeling judged what would you say to that new mom who doesn't want the unsolicited advice you know i think you can say you know thank you uh, but we're doing fine right now mm. or you know, I, I appreciate the thought. I'll put that into, you know, if it's, if it's easier to, to go with it because it's a one-time thing, but if it's happening repeatedly, then it might be a conversation of, you know, when I share this with you, I'm really just sharing because you're so good at listening for me. And I'm not necessarily looking for advice on that. Mm -hmm. I think, but you, I think sometimes we're so afraid to tiptoe around people that, that sometimes we let things go too yeah. far and then we have, then we're built up anxiety about it and it comes out the wrong way. So I think, you know, if we just nip things in the bud a little bit sooner and let people know, Oh no, sorry, I wasn't asking for advice. I just wanted to share that with mm -hmm. you. And that's the way that you say that to somebody that, you know, still leaves them with a good impression. I think all of that. Yeah. I mean, you said nipping it in the bud and it's so true because I think a lot of it is because it festers and then when it festers, then we get, anxiety because we've let it festered and then we want to lash out or then we resent like there's so many things that come from that so to your point I think if we if you deal with it straight on but in how our approach is to it it makes all the difference um, so you are a mom of multiples and a business owner now that you've kind of been in business the last couple of years with everything that you have going on what has been your your learning curve with it all you know what are some ways that you've learned to and I, I know people don't like the word balance, but, you know, kind of hold it all together and release and reset and recharge for yourself. Well, when I figure that out, <laughs> I will let you know. But, you know, as you're starting a business and especially one that really doesn't have a blueprint, yes. it is just like, let me try all the things. But one thing I told myself uh, when I started was that I, for two years, I'm not going to say no unless mm. I absolutely think that what they're asking is beyond me because I want to say yes at this time in my life mm -hmm. as much as I possibly can. But then you have to then set those boundaries too. And the, you know, the thing that helps is kids grow up yeah. and they need you a little bit less. And so I find that having time to spend just with my husband and I and going to, on trips um, and just getting away really helps to reset and recharge. And I'm really lucky in that respect, you know, is, is that to, to have a partner that, that um, boosts you up as opposed sure. to, you know, drains you. But um, the best part about kids is they do grow up and they need you just a little bit less. Um, and so then we can concentrate on ourselves. But man, while they're little, don't miss a thing, you know, and um, skip Skip those vacations for, you know, things um, or the vacations, the girl vacations and those kinds of things, because making memories with those kids, um, you know, and I hate to sound like everybody else, but it does go really quickly. And I, I can't imagine in a few years where I'm not a mom because I've been, you know, a mom for 26 years. That's my, you know, yeah. I 
I haven't done anything else that long in my life. So um, it's just an appreciation and just gratitude, I think, is the is one thing that we talk about, too, is just feeling like every day, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so lucky to be me and living my life, even yeah. when things don't go like they say they do or we say yes too often or we forget to send the Christmas cards one year. It's it's as the overall feeling and how we make each other feel and how we build those relationships is really the most important thing. I agree 100%. And it's crazy that you said that because actually while I was leaving to come here, I recorded off site from my house and um, my my son has this thing about waving goodbye to everybody and he has to be on, he has to wave goodbye and to be there. So he was out in the garage with my husband on the driveway and I was saying bye. And prior to that, I had to send pictures um, to somebody and I was going through like from years ago and I'm like looking and I'm like, gosh, I remember just a couple of years ago how tiny he was and me thinking, you know, like I was in the thick of it and the twos and the threes and now we're in the fours, which is like he's like 14 and not four because the conversations and I'm like, this is going by so fast. Like I need to slow it down. And one of the ways I can slow it down is being gracious with him. Um, and just holding all those snuggles in. So it's funny that you said that because literally as I'm backing out, like I just got this thing and I'm like, like he doesn't have that baby. Like he has a baby face and I'm sure two years from now I'll be like, oh, he had a baby, but he was so little and it went by so fast. So yes, so I don't, I, um, I, I understand what you're saying and you'll always be a mom. It's just, you won't be as, you won't be the mom that it's like you, that you're, that you're there for the everything. Now they'll be calling you for when they need and you're just kind of there like on the sidelines. So that's a whole, whole different thing. So that's why I always bow down to the moms because I can imagine because it breaks, like I, I know when I'm there, my husband always tells me, you know, my heart's going to break a little bit, you know? So I always feel for that. But to your point, I think as long as we know that we, we do the best, we have our village, we seek out those resources, we try and do the best that we can having conversations like this to help us grow can only help our children because then they're seeing in us, you know, they're learning, they're modeling what we're, what we're trying to do for ourselves. When you talk about the village, that is so, so important that you're, you're, you know, being selective about the people that are around you, because not only do they influence you, but they influence your children as well. And so when we are giving them the the best, we want to take that into consideration as well as we want people to surround them that not only help us, but help them. 100%. Um, and if they're filling our cup, making sure they're also filling our children's cup and vice versa. And if they're not, then they're draining us. Imagine what is emulating that for our children. So I love that. So just a couple of other questions here. How can people connect with you? How they can follow you? Yes. So my website is The Polite Company. And so it's thepolitecompany.com. On Facebook, it's The Polite Company. And on Instagram, it's The Polite Company Christy. And um, I give out advice all the time that people don't necessarily ask me for, but I like to think that's kind of, you know, part of the job. So if you do need advice, please seek me out. If you have questions about whether it's business or social or weddings or any of those important times in your life, let me know. But also if it's just everyday stuff that's getting to you and you need some of those phrases in your back pocket that come out at the right time when you're trying to answer that nosy question or decline, you know, let me know. Um, that's my favorite thing to do is to help people. I love it. Any other final thoughts to the podcast world, to the community? 
Well, you know, a lot of my journey did begin with a podcast and, you know, becoming interested in etiquette stemmed from a, a podcast. A lot, a lot of it did. And so I think we don't know who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always know when our children are listening. And so always keeping that message and keeping your values of that consideration, respect and honesty, which are, are what I as an etiquette trainer live by, keeping those forefront. Sure. As long as that's your message, you won't care who is listening because you know that's a message that you don't mind sharing with your village, with your listeners, with your children. So I think it's just finding, finding that for yourself that you can be consistent and you can be true to. Oh, I love that. It's, it's basically finding it at your core because once it's at your core, it just emulates from you. I love that so much, Christy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for a great, fun, informative conversation. I will definitely be checking out that book and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.